Harris is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? He's going for the corner. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome back to another episode of the Fifth Year Podcast. If you're enjoying the episode, feel free to give us five star on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. Moving on from week nine to week 10, some big news this week, some really good games. So let's jump right into it. We'll start off in the Big Ten. Michigan State storms back uh, behind Kenneth Walker. Really good game from Kenneth Walker, 197 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Parker, what do you think about that one? This was an awesome football game. Michigan really seemed uh, in control for the first two and a half quarters. Uh, they got up 30 to 14 with about five minutes left in the third. And then, yeah, Kenneth Walker just kind of happened. It was a whole quarter of kind of potential Heisman moments. He had 101 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone, including that game winner with about five minutes left uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, yes, yeah, 101 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I don't know if I clarified that. So that was uh, really unbelievable. Then he had that. 58-yarder earlier in the fourth quarter. I think it's pretty clear that he has, in my opinion, made himself the Heisman favorite. Um, he's had a big moment, which those other guys haven't had. Um, Michigan State looked looked really good um, at times, especially late in the game. Jaden Reed was really good at receiver. He had six catches, 80 yards, some big catches. And then really I think the key was in the second half uh, – Michigan State was the aggressor, and Michigan wasn't. Michigan was aggressive on uh, – or Michigan State was aggressive on fourth downs. Michigan wasn't. Michigan settled for a lot of a lot of field goals late in the game. Uh, four times they settled for field goals inside the 20-yard line, uh, including uh, at the end of the game when they had a uh, fourth down at the 18. They got to the 20. They got to the 17. They got down to the 8-yard line, settled for field goals all four of those times. Um, and then Michigan State was aggressive. They were three for four on fourth downs late in the game. They had to get two two point conversions, and they did. And so um, paid off for them. It was a, a really really good game, a huge game for Michigan State uh, to catapult themselves into that playoff conversation. Really, what are uh, what are your thoughts no, on this? I, one? Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, Kenneth Walker definitely. I think if he wasn't ahead in the race, especially with as open as this year is with no dominant quarterback and, um, or I guess really a clear cut favorite team besides Georgia, he definitely did himself some favors as long as Michigan state can keep winning. I mean, he's averaging almost seven yards per carry for the year, which is pretty nice. I think he's almost to 1200 yards already. So if he keeps at this pace and they keep winning football games, I don't, I don't see how he's not in New York and not hosting the tro- hoisting the trophy. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's he's insane. I don't. It's pretty crazy how he pretty much flew under the radar for a couple of years at Wake Forest. 
Yeah, it, they asked him about uh, on the playoff show last night. Asked him about uh, his thoughts on his two, his former team and his current team, both being in the top ten. He basically just avoided talking about Wake Forest. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought he'd be above. I'm looking at the odds for the Heisman now, and Bryce Young's still leading at plus 200. Yeah. And then it's Kenneth Walker, and surprisingly, I mean, I guess not that surprisingly, but Caleb Williams three now at plus 425. I jumped but, on Caleb Williams at uh, 2000 when wow. he made after he made his first appearance. So I don't cheer for OU players very often, but yeah, who knows if he oh, you're 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 part of the Caleb Williams fan club now. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> if, if he, if he wins, if he wins the Heisman, I won't be upset. If he's giving you good value on a bet, you are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All but right. Back really quick, back on Michigan, Michigan state, Michigan. Harbaugh just finds ways. It looks like, you know, he's, you know, maybe buying some, some favor back with the Michigan fan base and then bam, another loss to a rival. And especially in this fashion, uh, you know, you have a quarterback, a lot of the Michigan fans calling for the, freshman to play more and when he does he fumbles it twice including losing it late uh for michigan state to go steal this one for michigan i mean uh big 10 east is tough so a lot of football to go but uh he's gonna need at some point to get a pick a big win up over a rival you know win over ohio state this year would do wonders for this guy what is harbaugh against i think against top 10 teams he's like two and 14 or two and 13 like something terrible it's crazy and he's, yeah, he's, he's really, really bad on the road. He's just not good versus other good teams. I don't, I don't know why. And he always has, has that same face on his look. He just looks shocked the whole game, kind of mouth half open, like, yeah. uh, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" I actually do think, I actually do think they're pretty good this year. And I think they'll, they I are. think some of the co- the coordinator changes and coaching changes he made are are paying off. But still, until they actually can go and beat a rival, yeah, uh, he's gonna have that that rap for sure. All right, staying in the Big Ten here, Ohio State, Penn State. Good game, really, till most most of the game to the end. But Ohio State holds on against Penn State, 33-24. Yeah, this was uh, kind of some clarity here in the, the Big Ten East. I think ESPN was calling it uh, Statement Saturday. You know, I, I was calling it Separation Saturday. I think that would have been a, a better name for it. Uh, but, yeah, Ohio State uh, holds on against Penn State. Penn State, whose offensive looked dead for a couple of weeks, who couldn't do anything against Illinois, suddenly, well, I wouldn't say explodes, but, you know, Sean Clifford, who hadn't who'd struggled, especially against Illinois, went off for 361 against Ohio, Ohio State's defense, which a lot of people thought had fixed many of their issues, but, you know, they were kind of beating up on worse teams. Uh, and then they played defense or offense with a pulse, and that pass defense gets a bit exposed, but they did make some big plays. Which I think were the difference in the game. Sacked Clifford four times, had two interceptions, and then the, the real difference was that uh, fumble they forced and that was returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State's offense was really—I mean, Penn State's defense was really, really impressive. They held Ohio State in check more than anyone has uh, since Oregon. Uh, Ohio State only scored one touchdown in their six red zone trips. Had to settle for a bunch of field goals, uh, but at the end, Penn State really just didn't have quite the firepower to keep up with those dudes that. Ohio State has. So this was really just the first of a couple more big tests coming up for uh, Ohio State down the stretch. But uh, a solid win. I wouldn't say it's a special win or anything by any means, though. No, I'd, I'd agree. And especially with, I mean, Clifford, obviously, like you said, played a, a lot better, but still definitely probably banged up. As I mean, most people are, but good win. But you can kind of 
see, I mean, that's just the, the committee is just like, hey, Ohio State, big win, ranked team. Uh, I bet Ohio State ends up winning the Big Ten, and it's going to have to go through a murderer's row to do it. But um, I don't know. They looked re- they looked way better against, like, an actual opponent Saturday. Yeah. 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 Um, should we – that's any, – any, any more thoughts on that one? I was just thinking that uh, that scoop and score was oh I I kind of you could kind of tell that they probably weren't going to come back from that because right when that happened it was just a huge blow I think they're on the Ohio State's like thirty five also so that was yeah huge turning point in the game yeah Travion Henderson that one I think they really only had like one explosive play all day but it was that like seventy yard run by Henderson mm-hmm. that guy is going to be really really good for a long long time yeah, yeah. he's yeah, he's really good. All right, moving on to the Big 12. Texas blows their third, second-half lead in a row. Really, you could start with this one. And also, Baylor, They, I think they're very solid. Baylor, so Baylor, Baylor's, Baylor's a good football team. Yeah, uh, yeah, they are. Dave Aranda is not a, the flashiest coach by any means, and they're not the flashiest team. They kind of just line up, run it down your throat. Um, but they're they're good. They're probably I'd make the argument the third best team in the in the conference. Obviously, they beat kind of a weird, messy deal there with Iowa State, OSU, and Baylor all having beat each other. But Baylor's good. And on the other side for Texas, um, maybe you thought things would be a little different. I know I did with Sark as the head coach. But there, it's the the same slide we've kind of seen from UT teams mm-hmm. the past couple of years, where once the wheels start turning, they start turning way too fast and they eventually fall off. Um, that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if, te- if Texas went into Ames and, uh, and won outright Saturday, just because at this point it's too late for the Texas team and their Big 12 title hopes, but they still have the athletes and they can still put it together randomly. This kind of feels like one of those random moments. It seems, it's, that seems like one of those games that could go two very different directions. I, I could see them yeah. winning and I could also see them getting punched in the mouth early yeah. and getting a little out of hand. I I don't know what their – I'm sure their fans and their donors are asking themselves the same questions every year. It's just – once again, they kind of got beat down a little bit, though, in, in the in the last two quarters. Just Baylor kept running it on them, and they couldn't stop it. And that's what's mm-hmm. happened against OSU, OU. They just – they get tired. Hey, maybe they will uh, rally around the pole assassin. I was going to bring her up um, – I saw someone say the monkey's the real victim here. And I, I <laughs> highly disagree. That was probably a Texas fan. Um, the wild story. That is one of the craziest stories of the year. I actually yeah, haven't yeah. even, we I might as like we well should... just talk about it. Cause I I've heard about it, but I haven't really known the details of it. Yeah. So let's, let's just do a little rundown for those. That, <laughs> those are not aware. So, so, um, uh, Texas, uh, offensive line coach Jeff Banks. So he came over to Texas with Sark from Alabama. He was Alabama's offensive line coach, good offensive line coach. Um, has a, a girlfriend or are they – they're not married. Well, so he, married? he left allegedly – His wife and allegedly. kids. He left his wife and kids for this um, – Exotic like, dancer. Dance, exotic dancer, yeah. Um, <laughs> named Pole Assassin, who apparently has made appearances on uh, – Jerry Springer, and yeah, she's got a following. But I guess she has pet monkeys that are a part of her act. I, 
I don't know. And they live together. They live together. I don't right, know if they're married. Right. Or she lives in Austin. A couple. Yeah, I will say they're dating, obviously, but they, they're they're together, they're partners, whatever. But they threw like what a haunted house maze on Halloween, Parker. Isn't that right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, just a little fun setup for, for the kids, you know, a little family, little family friend zone or family right. uh atmosphere at the the Jeff the Jeff Banks and Paul Assassin household. <laughs> And, and so one of the kids goes, so a kid goes back and somewhere in their backyard, I guess, outdoors, there's a monkey or monkeys, with monkey cages. And I guess the monkey, the kid, I don't know. Do you know, uh, like the chain of events of how the kid was bit? Like was so through the pole assassin actually posted a video explaining yeah, I saw the video. what the kid did wrong and the kid should have stopped at the gate like every other child did so she claims but instead the child walked through the backyard goes up to the the cages where these animals are and there's warning signs like emotional sport animals do not touch there was even another sign she had put up for the night specifically and pull assassin in this video saying how could this monkey harm someone unless you stuck your hand through like there'd be no way for this monkey to get you unless you tried to end cage which she does kind of have an argument and i think she said the child was like 14 13 somewhere in there so like they kind of have an idea but still just a wild wild situation (laughs) yeah yeah just an awesome i mean and it's just great year one of of sark and we're getting blessed with this already i need Mm -hmm. in more i need more more of this yeah yeah that was a wild story uh all right Let's move on from the pole assassin. I hate to do it, but I mean, you just got to. Uh, Auburn stays hot, beating Ole Miss. Uh, good game from great name, Tank Bigsby. 23 carries, 140 yards, and a touchdown. That is an awesome name. That is. He's a beast. He's yeah. really, really good. A legit really, tank. you were right on this one. You were right on this one. You you liked Tank Bigsby and, and Auburn, and they, uh, you know, he showed up. Their defense showed up big time. Holding Ole Miss's really explosive offense to only three points in the second half. Uh, intercepted Corral late in the game when he got in the red zone. Uh, stopped uh, Ole Miss on three of their four fourth downs. So it was really a all around good good game for Auburn. Bo Nix with another big win. Year one uh, is off to a really good start for for Auburn. They suddenly are right up there near the top of the SEC West and still control their own destiny. So. Huge, huge win for Auburn. Um, yeah. Yeah, with a name like Tank, you better be able to tote that thing. I mean, he 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 runs hard. This yeah. team kind of goes as Bo Nix goes, though. He's playing – for a guy that got a lot of crap last year and this year, he's playing pretty good football. He's not turning it over a lot. Um, I think what – I think he was like 22 of 30. Yeah, 22 of 30 for a touchdown, no picks, and then two rushing touchdowns. He's a really good athlete, and that's always yeah. been the case. But now he's he's starting to wise up and and play a lot smarter, and it's it's helping Auburn win some big football games. If he yeah. can, if he can just avoid throwing interceptions, like he's pretty good because of his athleticism, because he can he can do things that a lot of quarterbacks can't. But he's just right. also insanely all over the place when it comes to decision making. Well, not to tie everything back into Oklahoma State, but he. Him and Spencer Sanders, they remind me a lot of each other. Both crazy athletes. They both have the arm talent. 
It's just how bad uh, do they – not questioning either of their work ethic, but how bad do they want to watch film and, and read defenses and, and trust themselves and trust their teammates to make the right play. Yeah, they definitely are similar. And they're both getting better at it too. Yeah, I mean, which you would hope out of two yes. pretty veteran guys. Because Bo started as a freshman, did he not? True freshman? Yeah, I remember he had that game against Oregon. Oh, Didn't they Oregon. beat him on that game-winning that yep. game drive? Yep. All right, staying in the SEC here, another week, another dominant performance from Georgia, beating um, – wow, I just drew a blank. Florida, duh. Uh, I was looking up the score. 30, 30 – yeah, 34-7 their defense just yeah i mean around. that defense there i mean they're not going to get they're not going to get tested until i think their, their next test is tennessee they're not gonna have a test till a real test on alabama i mean they're just that defense is so good that they can i mean you can i, I don't know i mean i i it's hard i don't have a gauge on georgia um until they get tested i, I want to see them get tested but that's not going to happen in the regular season. So uh, until then, I mean, they're just going to be blowing teams out. No one seems to be able to, to move the ball on Florida. I mean, Georgia was not doing anything offensively until Florida started just shooting themselves in the foot and handing points to Georgia, but that defense can do that to you. So, uh, yeah, just same old, same old for Georgia, it seems. I mean – how bad is the Georgia's very, very good, don't get me wrong, but how bad is the SEC East? You have five teams at 500 or worse. Yeah. If they're, they're able to lock up the season eight wins in, six in mm-hmm. conference. I mean, like, how Who's bad? The second best te- Who's the second best team in the East? It's got to be, I mean, it has to be, I think it's, well, Kentucky. Kentucky, obviously. Well, that, who's the third that's best? A, that's a big one. That's a big one Saturday, isn't it? Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, because I don't think Tennessee's that bad. I think it, that's going to be a, a, Pretty entertaining a huge game. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying. It's kind of the flip step for years. Kentucky was couldn't beat Tennessee in the last couple of years. The, the uh, script just kind of flipped. So, big, big important game for – I think for – I mean, for, ten, for Kentucky to keep, you know, what could be a historic season for their standards going. And then for Tennessee to uh, – I mean, that would be a huge win to get them back on track. Uh, yeah, but – And especially for the future. Yeah, it, but, like, they get to play Vanderbilt. That's the other thing about the SEC is there's so many teams. You don't consider – like, Georgia and Alabama, for example, don't really ever play that often in the regular season just because of the way the schedule no. is. No, they could go, like – you go, I think, something like seven or eight years. Yeah, that's insane. Hosting another school in, the, uh, in your own it's conference. Insane. So they get to play. Yeah. They get to beat up on hey. poor Vanderbilt every single season. Hey, now they're gonna uh, wrap up sixteen teams. So about to get interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia is another... eight games, giving up fifty three points. Eight games, that, giving up six insane. touchdowns. I averaging six point six a game. There's a chance they blank Missouri Saturday. Oh, oh, yeah. They do dirty, dirty things in Missouri. <laughs> I think that line's like thirty eight. There's a chance they win the game like thirty five to zero. Yeah. Yeah, they're. Yeah, I mean, they got to be in the best defense ever, at this point. Oh, I mean, pretty damn good. They're definitely in a historic defense. Yeah. All right, moving on. Houston beats SMU 44-37 on a game-winning kickoff return. Parker, I'll start with you. Yeah, this was a really, really good game. 
uh, Houston stormed out to, I think, a 17-0 lead. SMU got right back in it um, by the end of the first half. And then uh, kind of back and forth early in the, in the half, uh, Houston led for most of the fourth quarter. SMU late tied it up with 17 seconds left, or no, 30 seconds left, which was kind of a weird deal. Suddenly Dykes kind of screwed up that, that situation. SMU they had a fourth and two at their uh, – about Houston's like, 28 yard lines so they their kicker hadn't made anything longer than 40 yards all year so initially it looked like they were going to go for it but they ended up calling a timeout uh and then decided to kick it but they should have run the rather than calling the timeout run the clock down uh and then kicked it but instead they made the field goal tied it up it still left 30 seconds on the clock and rather than squib being able to squib squib kick it they had to kick it deep to marcus jones who's one of the better return men in the country and he took it about 105 yards for his, I think, his ninth career return touchdown. So, a uh, really, really big win for Houston uh, to get to seven and one. SMU is still seven and one, but Houston doesn't have to play Cincinnati. Um, so, they really, really are in a good position to make the, the conference title. Now, SMU is probably going to need a win at Cincinnati if they wanted to make it, unless uh, unless Houston stumbled a couple more times. So, uh, a huge win. Got to be the first time SMU's had the field stormed on them since since pre-death penalty. I can't think that's happened in the last 30 or 40 years. So a uh, big one for Houston, though, um, to put themselves in a good spot to uh, face Cincy down the road. Yeah, Clayton Toon's a really good quarterback. He had a ball game. I don't, I don't know if – I don't know what I would rank them in the AAC. I, I, I think you could go uh, – Ritter one and then Toon or Mordecai two. They're, they're no, no, Toon, Toon, Mordecai is significantly better than Toon. Toon just happens to do bad things to to SMU. He's good. He's solid, but I think yes, his two 400 yard games in his career are both against SMU. Oh, did not wow. know that. Yeah, the guy he's, just happens to he was slinging he's good. He's good. Oh, no, he's he's a solid quarterback for sure. Also, Clint, remember to blank that F on that. I dropped a oh, few seconds ago. Apologies for that one. Cover the I mean, ears. It's a kid's show. Yeah, come on. All right. Um, the kick return was bananas. I was I like stood up in my house watching it because it was that crazy of a play. And then SMU ended up getting SMU. They got close. Uh, got a good kick return. They got yeah, down to like they thirty-five. Did. They yeah. did. They had a chance. SMU returned a kick for touchdowns too. So there's two. Turn touchdowns in this game. Pretty wild game. Yeah. All right. Moving to the Big 12, Iowa State, third loss of the year to West Virginia. West Virginia just threw all over Iowa State. They had 200 yard receivers. Yeah. Go on. Iowa State's really frauds. I've known it from the beginning. They're frauds. Yeah. They beat Oklahoma State somehow. Um, the more I watch Iowa State play, the more upset I am OSU didn't win that game. Um, the, People claiming that they were going to win the Big 12 this year in the offseason, there's no way. Um, they don't – like I, I think I've said it before, they don't have Sooners written across the chest. They they have had the same quarterback they've had for five years, which, believe it or not, teams figure out how to stop a guy like that. Um, yeah. And they, they let they let Jared Dagey carve them. Carve yeah. them Saturday. And Jared Dagey is not any good. But – Credit to West Virginia. They're playing a lot better football lately than you would think, just like looking at their record or, or seeing their schedule. 
Now, they're granted, a middle, they're, they're a bad. middle of the tier big, big 12 team. They're not, they're definitely not a bottom of the tier. No, they're not a Kansas or a Kansas State. Like Purdy, 180. Hey, K State's got, K State's one, two or three in a row now. But, and Daigie even threw two picks and they still won this game. Yeah. Letty Brown's still a really good running back in this league. I wouldn't call him a top four back because there's some real superstars, I think, ahead of him, but he's, he's a very good runner. Yeah. yeah. Brees Hall had 167 yards too. So, you know, Brees Hall is that guy is something. Yeah. How would you rank the running backs in the Big 12? Yeah, that's a good question. I've never been thought about how good they are. I'd have Bijan. I'd, I'd have, I'd have Bijan one, probably Brees yes. Hall two. Can I'd probably go. Who did you say three? I'd probably go Brooks or Warren three and four. I don't think you can really I, go wrong on either one of those. I, I'd probably lean towards Brooks just because of what he's done. But right. at the very moment, it's very close there. I mean, I'd make mean, Warren's been awesome. So Deuce Vaughn's a great all purpose back. Oh yeah. He's scared. He's pretty low to the, you play pretty, State. pretty low to the running back. Yeah. Yep. It's a running back league now too. All right. Weird. Staying in the big 12, Oklahoma finally puts together a complete performance beats texas tech 52 21 really good game from caleb williams yeah just start to finish they looked they looked really good yeah i mean oh you could do really what they wanted uh, especially through the air tech kind of committed to uh, trying to stop the run and so lincoln riley just decided to throw the ball a lot and caleb williams did it eat with ease 400 plus yards six touchdowns uh, and then the ou defense played they did what they needed to do. They put together a good performance, uh, forced some turnovers, uh, got after the quarterback. Jalen Redmond being back in the rotation makes a makes a big difference. Being able to slide Isaiah Thomas back out to the end. So yeah, big did what they are expected to do for the really one of the few times all year they've gone out and done what they're supposed to do. Um, but they've got to be able to. They haven't shown that they can put a run of good performances together. So now they got their bye, their first bye of the season. It started with nine straight games. So much needed break. Uh, and then they go through the gauntlet of Baylor, Iowa State, OSU, uh, with Baylor and OSU uh, on the road. So uh, the, the, really the their season is right in front of them. Um, and if Saturday was somewhat of a precursor, I think it could be uh, – they've got a good shot to, to finish the season undefeated, which they haven't done. A long, long time, but uh, who knows? Who knows what OU will see going forward? Really, it's anything wild. to add? Yeah, I mean, it's wild. Uh, this is like the first time they've been undefeated at the first playoff rankings, right? In the yeah, we haven't been undefeated. OU hasn't been undefeated at this point in the season since '04, probably. And and somehow we're sitting here, and we've we've all watched the game, so not somehow, but we're sitting here talking about them finally putting one together and this is the longest they've been undefeated in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird, it's, but if, if they keep it rolling, they're obviously a very, very scary team. They still really have turnovers for the defense, which was really good to see. Yes. Yeah. And Key Lawrence, I couldn't believe they slid him over a corner. That guy is really, really good. Defense yeah. to back Cause he has been the last few weeks. He has come along and Alex Grinch said he's, he's earned his spot as a starter. So I think it wouldn't be surprised if he's playing corner the next couple of weeks until Woody Washington returns and then eventually slides back to safety. But 
Uh, Grinch is going to have to have to sit one of those veteran safeties that he doesn't seem to really want to. He he loves Pat Fields and uh, Justin Broyles, so one of those guys is going to have to lose their their spot eventually. I think uh, going to be interesting to see what they do there. But I do think the defense, the worst of their defenses behind them, as long as they continue to get healthier and uh, aren't aren't banged up uh, like they have been. And the bye week will help with that. So during the bye, you just hope everybody gets healthy. Nobody makes any dumb decisions. You come back full strength next week. Mm-hmm. Parker, I'll let you finish up the week nine other topics. Yeah, Cincinnati um, pulled away against Tulane. I was actually there. I was down in New Orleans. Went to this game, little uh, little $6 tickets down there <laughs> at, yeah. at Tulane uh, to watch the you know, number – at the time, number two AP or number two team, the AP poll. So uh, it was not a super exciting game. Cincinnati seems to kind of take a little while to get off the bus. Tulane was playing a freshman quarterback. Pratt was out. So Tulane was not able to throw the ball at all. Not surprising considering the guys since he got out there. But they did have success on the ground, which surprised me. And we were able to move the ball at times. Um, Cincinnati's offense – just really couldn't put drives together. Ritter had a couple turnovers, um, but then got it together late, forced some turnovers, had some some big plays. Uh, I mean, and still won the game by 19 points. So it wasn't pretty, but uh, was re- really never in doubt. Uh, so a good win there for Cincinnati, or not a not a, a good win for Cincinnati, but uh, I don't think anything to freak out over like some people were doing. Uh, wheels continue falling off for Iowa. They lose to Wisconsin, 27 to seven. Uh, surprising thing is I was offensive line just isn't where they need to be and what we usually see out of them. Wisconsin's defensive line really pushed them around. Uh, Miami with a big win over Pitt. They've kind of gotten back uh, back on track here with Tyler Van, De- Van Dyke under center. Uh, another huge game, 32 for 42, 428 yards and three touchdowns. D- did have an interception. Uh, Kenny Pickett, yardage and numbers-wise with a good one. Um, 39 for 55, 519, three touchdowns. Uh, did have two interceptions, though, which might have been the difference in this one, but uh, a good win for Miami uh, and a tough loss for, for Pitt at home. Mississippi State with a win over Kentucky. Will Rogers sets SEC completion percentage record uh, for the Bulldogs, going 36 for 39 uh, in this game. Also had 344 yards and a touchdown. A uh, tough loss uh, for Mike Stoops in Kentucky, and a little bit surprising to see his defense get beat up like that. Uh, Notre Dame finally getting the ground game going, uh, finding some uh, something with their offensive line. Rushed for 293 yards against North Carolina. Kyron Williams with that huge electric 91-yard touchdown late in that game uh, to pull away. So a nice win for Notre Dame, and another another loss for the Tar Heels to have been super disappointing this season. Uh, if you stayed up late to watch that BYU-Virginia game, you watched a wild one, uh, one that one that BYU won 66-49. to They were up 42-38 at halftime. Huge, huge statistical game for multiple guys. BYU running back Tyler Algier had 266 rush yards and five touchdowns, so monster game for him. Brennan Armstrong might be the most underrated quarterback in the country. Virginia's quarterback uh, leads the country in passing. He had 431 total yards, and this one with six touchdowns. He did have a couple of interceptions and suffered a broken rib. So uh, 
hopefully for Virginia's sake, he'll be uh, back soon. Another late night one, this one in the Mountain West, Fresno in San Diego State's undefeated season. Uh, San Diego State's offense just didn't have enough to keep up with, with Fresno State. San Diego State's offense has struggled uh, last couple of weeks. Jay Cannon had 306 yards for Fresno, and now Fresno controls their own destiny as they lead the Mountain West West Division. Um, and I think Utah State is leading the Mountain Division. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, kind of the recap for week nine. It's still crazy that Iowa was number two at one point. Yep. <laughs> they, I they was of those sadly a buyer in Iowa. I don't know what I was thinking. Their offense sucks. Well, they that was all the other turnovers three. at first. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, they could not keep that up. Their defense is good, but you can't – you know, you're not going to intercept teams three times every week. And Spencer right. Petras has been bad. And uh, Brian Ferentz, Kirk's son, has been very questionable play caller. So, uh yeah. That right. might be the one game Nebraska wins here at the end of the season. Moving on to the big topic of the week, college football playoff rankings uh, were released Tuesday. We were recording this Wednesday, so they were released yesterday. I'll just go through and name top 10. So one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Michigan State, four, Oregon, five, Ohio State, six, Cincinnati, seven, Michigan, eight, Oklahoma, nine, Wake Forest, 10, Notre Dame. Really, we'll start with you. What are your first reactions to this? My initial reactions are, look at the committee sneaking in a couple of Big Ten teams down there at the bottom. Minnesota. <laughs> Unreal. Like, Wisconsin's on there? Come on. Wisconsin. Wisconsin's best trying, win is over Iowa. They're not even trying to they're hide it. Losses. See, they're, they're, just, they're just beefing up that Ohio State resume through direct wins and the transitive property. It's unreal. They, it's, it's so clear and disgusting what they are doing in that regard. Um, my next takeaway is Cincinnati's never going to get in. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're never going to play in the top four. The committee does not respect them and their schedule. And then third, I figured Alabama would be in there. Didn't think they would be number two. That seems a little high, but I, I don't know. Another team that kind of is sitting at like Mississippi state, like yeah. they had a good win over Kentucky, but they've had some bad losses. So just beefing up the SEC and Big Ten teams and getting as many in there as they can. Uh, yeah, Mississippi State's I, lost a four and four LSU and four and four Memphis. Like, yeah, those are bad. Not deserved. The the Big Ten thing is what really really stands out to me. I mean, Wisconsin is not one of the twenty five best teams in the country. No, I'm God. okay having Iowa. I'm okay having Iowa in there still, despite how bad they've looked. That's fine. Minnesota. They lost to Bowling Green. I mean, I get, they've won four straight, but their best wins terrible. are over. Bowling like, Green is terrible. Yeah, Bowling Green's one of the worst teams. They're the worst team in the MAC. They're one of the worst teams in the country. They're horrible. And they've, I mean, Minnesota's best win is over. Uh, Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Their best win is probably over Purdue. Purdue. If you're if Purdue, if three and two, or no, what is Purdue now? If Purdue's your best win, like five and three. Yeah. So they're a solid team, but they're still fighting for bowl eligibility. If that's your best win yeah. at the moment, I just don't see how you're and, one of the 25 best And you teams. lost to Bowling Green. Right. Yeah, yeah also, and kind of going towards the top now, I think another huge thing is Michigan ahead of Oklahoma. Wow. 
yeah, that is, is blaring in my ears. The, the, the committee was making a clear statement. They, they were, they were after years of OU getting in and losing the playoffs, this seemed, and then this year, you know, they're undefeated, but not passing the eye test, not doing, I mean, it seemed to be like a, uh, uh, almost a shot at OU, at OU to put them behind Michigan. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you could make a I, – I don't think they should be behind Ohio State. And I, but, I mean, and, but you could make an argument for those other teams being in front of, of OU, but Michigan being there really doesn't, so, doesn't make much sense Joey, to me. Joey Galloway, for once in his life, actually made a pretty, I thought, good point, is that if they barely dropped Michigan for losing to Michigan State, there does, in some scenario out there in this world, exist that if Alabama plays Georgia close and loses bare, just barely loses in the SEC title game, if enough happens for them, they're in the playoff with two losses because the committee wouldn't drop them that far. Same way they did. Michigan. I think, a, yeah, I think a lot. Very unlikely. Though. I think a lot would have to. There would. You'd have to have say like a. You'd have to have either a. I mean, like. An OSU or Baylor, like I guess I could see say say even if say Baylor runs the table, and then like I could see them having a two loss Alabama ahead of a one loss Baylor, but even that I think is a stretch. I mean they'd have a lot of stuff would have to happen. Like they'd have to have several two loss Power Five conference champs. Yeah. Happen, no, it would be a wild scenario, but it does exist. Yeah, yeah it's 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 possible. I just yeah, Kirk was trying to shut that down quickly when Joey Gallo well, said that. You know, of course, of course he was. I also, yeah, and I, I think Ohio's losing. You what? Disrespected. Wait, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was saying they. So OU was surprising, but they're still fine because they have everything in front of them. If they go undefeated, they're going to be in, and they're going to be number two or three in the country. But Cincinnati. Just to get back on that real quick, they need a lot. I mean, they could get in. There could, there is, a, there are scenarios with two loss conference champions, but they're not going to get in over any one loss power five champion. Besides, maybe a one loss, they'd get in over probably over one loss Wake Forest, but they're not getting in over one loss Oregon. Obviously, Oregon's already ahead of them. Um, and then by not ranking SMU or Houston, SMU who they play, and then Houston who yeah. they could potentially play in the conference title. I mean, they, they just don't have the opportunities ahead of them. They clearly – the committee doesn't have respect, clearly, for the uh, AAC and for the non-power conferences. And it never will, more than likely, um, is, the, is the sad part. It's also interesting no, at no. nine with Wake Forest being 8-0. If that was Clemson, you know they'd be up two or three. They're 8-0 yeah. in the ACC. I mean, there's probably a, a world where if, if Wake Forest runs the table, goes undefeated, they don't get in. This yeah, is the craziest I, year. It's been yeah, so there much is fun. A, there, that, there is a work. That's, you know, like if say – I because they could, they could get stuck behind one loss Ohio State, one loss Oregon, with one loss teams. Yeah, absolutely. Especially were. with the way they, they've added all these Big Ten schools to the back of the rankings, who Ohio State has left on their schedule. I mean, like, it, it's – Yeah. I don't know. They do this – they do this they, – they load – I mean, I don't actually, like, think – it's hard for me to say because I don't think the committee is actually intentionally bulking up the Big Ten, but they clearly 
for some metric, I don't know how, but they've come to the conclusion that the Big Ten is, is really, really deep because uh, I just have a hard time thinking Wisconsin is a top 20 team in the country. Yeah, I was telling Clint before, and I, I saw a tweet, and it's exactly right. The first couple – these are all – this is television, these, these rankings. Yeah. I think if the they season ended today, Oklahoma's in. They're not going to keep an undefeated Oklahoma out. There's no way. In my opinion. Right. I don't know what these the – These rankings are. really don't matter at all. Right, right. These just kind of set – because it is a – it's a relatively new group on the committee. There's been a lot of changing over this past year. So this kind of sets the criteria again, which is similar to what they've had the past couple of years, like strength of schedule and stuff. But I, I, if it ended the day, Oklahoma would be one of the four. I think Oregon would be out, and it would be Georgia, Alabama, OU, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. But one gripe, um, one last gripe for me here is that they – Completely left UTSA unranked. I mean, they're undefeated. I mean, what else are they supposed just to have it? That's disrespectful. Yeah. Like, they won every game they play. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, they beat a Big Ten team. I mean, apparently the Big Ten is a Big Ten team that beat Penn State. So, I mean, they beat Illinois. So, uh, I don't really understand some of their decisions, especially, especially on the back half, but it does, you know, now bulk up those, those resumes for the big 10 teams. So yeah, that's going to be the, an interesting thing to, uh, to watch down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, moving on to college football headlines, and then we'll get to the week 10 preview. Parker, go through these again. Yeah. So uh, another, another big job opening up. Uh, in the Big 12 and down in Texas with uh, TCU and Gary Patterson agreeing to part ways. Uh, TCU finally had enough. It's been a, a rough a rough stretch here last few years for TCU. They're three and five this season and lost five of six. The wheels were clearly starting to come off a little bit. Um, there's been some weird stuff off the field with his thoughts on, on NIL his reactions to some some off the field stuff, um, but I I don't want to that a couple of years to really take away what what he did at TCU. Or, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's really the only coach that's had the success that he has had. They weren't you know they've had some 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 good years way back in the way back in the uh, pre modern era of college football, and uh, but he went 181 and 79 over 21 seasons as a statue there for goodness sakes, won a Rose bowl, finished number two in the country, won several other, uh, uh, BCS bowls, a couple of Fiesta bowls. So, I mean, it was, it was an awesome run. He left that job so much better than it was before he got there because of him, they got the, the facilities to compete at, at the highest level. And I think as a team uh, or a program that is well positioned to potentially be, one of those top two or three teams in the in the new uh, new look Big Twelve. So I, I think it shouldn't take what the last few years have been shouldn't take away and what he's done. He's one of the best one of the best coaches of, of this last generation for sure. Yeah, yeah and I I think sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking because I saw the video about Lincoln talking about how they're another Big Twelve midseason firing, 
And it makes me think this probably had a little to deal with Gary Patterson thinking he might like, cause they mutually agreed. So he might just say, yeah, I'm just ready to go. Cause I can't imagine him doing all that for the program and them firing a mid season. No, I think, I think what, no, I think they did. I think what they did was they went to him and they wanted him to coach the year out. They wanted to, to yeah. fire him, <laughs> but like coach O was doing, and he said, nah, I don't think it was mutual. I don't, I don't think he wanted, I don't think he was ready to give it up, but I mean, He's handled it really well and been super professional about the whole deal, but I don't think he, I don't think it was that mutual. They said it was mutual, but I think TCU wanted him, wanted him to stick it out for the year. And he just said, man, that hire is going to be a big deal though, with uh, conference realignment uncertainty. And I mean, like you said, he built that. That's a pretty uh, respectful program. Um, I it's, it's a big time. I wouldn't call it the one of the, top tier job in the conference, but it's a really good job. He's obviously in the DFW area to recruit. Um, it's going to be tough to replace a guy like that. Yeah, no, it, it really, it really is. But they are, I do think they have one of the higher ceilings of the, of the new look big 12, yes. uh, just because they are in DFW. They've got access to, to players. They've got really nice facilities. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they've, uh, I mean, historically it's not been, super successful program outside of outside of Gary Patterson. And so it is a, a huge, huge monumental hire for them. And the hot, probably the hottest name, the name everyone's talking about, just like with Texas Tech is Sonny Dykes. Yeah. With what he's with he's done at SMU right there in the Metroplex. Um I think this really, from my understanding, Dykes is not going to take the tech job. I, I don't think I think he's either going to be staying at SMU or he's going to go to TCU. I think those are the two most likely scenarios. I think he really, really likes SMU. I think it's a lot of it's going to come down to his thoughts on, you know, if SMU is able to get into the Big 12, if he feels that's possible. I've heard that SMU's offered him quite the contract. Like a, I'm talking like four years or no, like seven years, like four million a year type, type number. So big time. Yeah. That's big type money. stuff. They're, they're, they're going to pay. But I've also heard that he really would like to uh, – that he is really hoping SMU makes some commitments on some, some facility upgrades when it comes to their football ops building, which is a little bit outdated. So I think he's the, the ball is kind of an SMU scored if they, you know, if they go out – if they can make some pretty significant financial commitments to him – I think there's a good chance he's going to stay, but if not, he's got an opportunity to jump to a Big 12 program uh, in the DFW area. So he would have the same or similar. He could have similar type of success on the recruiting trail, um, unlike what he unlike Lubbock. Um, so I think it's uh, going to be really interesting to see what happens to better our sound rivals. Uh, SMU is not going to want to lose in the TCU. I'll tell you that. So. No, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll pony up literally and figure yeah. it out, um, to keep him around if he was threatening to leave. Yeah, so uh, it is, like you said, though, Clint, it is kind of crappy that these, these firings happening, ha- happening midseason. Uh, this is a distraction for players on, on teams whose coaches are now candidates elsewhere. Uh, yeah. So that kind of sucks. But uh, a couple other names I would keep an eye out. Once again, Jeff Trailer. He did sign a, a long-term extension with UTSA, 10-year, $28 million deal there with a $7.5 million buyout. But, you know, that's 
never say never. If some if TCU wanted him, they'd probably be willing to to pay that. Uh, Billy Napier, I don't know if he'd jump for this one. He's he's turned down interviews for probably bigger jobs at Auburn. Um, well, one bigger job at Auburn, and also turned down interviews at South Carolina and Baylor. So he's a saving guy. Who knows what he's what he's potentially waiting for down the road? But he's twenty eight and five and Sun Belt play over the last three years. Uh, one of the best young coaches in the country, so wouldn't be surprised to see his name thrown around there. Mike Elko, the and defensive coordinator, uh, is another name to watch for. And then Justin Fuente, I don't really think he'd be a candidate because he's kind of fizzled, fizzling out at Virginia Tech, and they're ready, I think, to make a change. So, but but he is a he was the offensive coordinator for TCU when they won the Rose Bowl and is very well liked around Fort Worth, but I think that would be more of a uh, a worst-case scenario for, for TCU, honestly. Um, really, you got any any names you would you'd keep an eye out on? Um, one, I this is longest of shots, uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's down the street. Really sharp guy, and uh, I, I'd i be shocked if he dipped into the college ranks, especially for – not to discredit TCU, but for a TCU-type job, uh, especially with the way he, – he's probably on pace to get a head coaching job in the NFL, but you never know. Yeah. yeah I mean, that would that would be a really uh, – That'd be a home run, hire. in my opinion. If yeah. they, they somehow made that happen, that is a great hire. Yeah, I did see – uh, TCU's AD said that they're hoping to hire a current head coach, which I think is a really, really dumb thing to say, considering how many of the guys that are the best coaches in the country right now weren't ever head coaches. Yeah. Lincoln Riley was never a head coach. Kirby Smart was never a head coach. My um, Gundy, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could you eliminate a pretty big pool of potentially good coaches by doing that. So but that is what he's saying. I was I was listening to the sports animal just the other day and uh, Jim Traber was talking. So he claims he has a source at Louisiana State who told him about the Coach O stuff month month and a half ago. And he did. I do remember him saying it on air. He's he's like, hey, O's on. He's getting canned. Sure enough, it did happen. He said this same source. Apparently, LSU is going to be offering Lincoln Riley somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 million dollars a season. I've I've heard something actually would weirdly heard something uh, somewhat uh, somewhat similarly. It's not exactly the same thing, but I was down in New Orleans and with was with someone who I mean I don't think he's a super insider, but you know he he isn't. I mean he knows some stuff, and he said that he he's heard that Lincoln right or the word has gotten out from the Lincoln Riley camp that it's, it, it's going to cost at least in the 10 to $12 million range to get him to move. Do you so, think, do you think he would do that? I mean, if they said they offered him $14 million, That's an absurd million amount dollars, of money. what's, what's Jimbo make? Not that right. 10, 10. Yeah. I mean, if I don't think, I don't think LSU will do that. Um, they are psychopaths. They are <laughs> crazy. They, they might you never know what's going to go down to the bite. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if they offered him $12 million, I wouldn't blame him for leaving. No. Yeah. That's a ton of money to coach football. 
Right. I mean, that's just ridiculous. If you can get that, if you can get that bag, hey, can't blame anyone for taking that. No. I don't think that'll happen, but. All right, Parker, you want to finish up the headlines? Yeah. Um, really, really rough news for USC. Drake London, who'd kind of been their one bright spot, uh, their star wide receiver, is uh, out for the season with a, a brutal ankle injury. He got carved off the field. Uh, could see him tearing up. So that was really tough to see. He was a, a guy that was probably the favorite for the Blitnikoff at this point in the season. 1,084 yards receiving, seven touchdowns in the season, third nationally in receiving yards. So a brutal, brutal loss for, for the Trojans. Uh, and then the last deal here, uh, Clay Helton hired at Georgia Southern, which is a uh, really interesting hire, Clay Helton, who just got in Canada earlier in the year by USC. Geographically, it probably makes more sense. He's a guy that really his roots are in the South from Gainesville, spent time uh, across multiple stops in the South before a decade at USC as an assistant and then a head coach. So probably not a bad cultural fit. Uh, Georgia Southern just wanted to get ahead of the hire. And the hire is an immediate hire. Like he's starting his job. I don't think he's going to be coaching the team. I think he's going to be around practice, watching the team and stuff. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting hire there. All right. Let's get on to week 10 preview. Started off Auburn. Plus four and a half at Texas A&M. Ruley, start it off. I'll roll with Auburn again. I like the way Bo Nix has been playing. I'm still not really sold on A&M, although they've been playing pretty good football as of late. Uh, College Station is a tough place to play, but I think uh, Bo Nix has made some some steps towards being a mature quarterback, and I'm sure I'll regret saying all of this after he throws three <laughs> interceptions Saturday, but I like Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't know on this one. This is this was a, a super tough one. Um, Auburn, like you said, has been playing really, really well. Bo Nix has been avoiding turnovers. Uh, they are in a good spot to control their destiny still to get to the SEC title game. A&M has been had been super inconsistent and then got that win over Alabama and now has beat up on two kind of bottom feeders in Missouri and S. In South Carolina in the last two games. So this is the first test for AM. Gonna find out if it's the you know if they have turned the corner or if that Alabama was a, a blip. And I'm gonna go with AM here. I think Kyle Field is a as weird as their fans are, is a tough place to play. Um AM does at times find ways to lose these games at home. With even with that atmosphere behind them, but Bo Nix in that atmosphere against a good AM defense, I just think he throws a couple of interceptions. Calzada has, you know, found some confidence. He's not, he's, he's better than he was early in the season. Uh, I think AM wins in a relatively uh, low scoring game. All right. Next up, Wake Forest traveling to North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is favored by two and a half. Yep. Big, uh, Big game for Wake Forest here, undefeated. Uh, first of four, a four-game stretch that's a, a tough ending to the season for Wake Forest. They got UNC this week, NC State next week. Uh, so UNC on the road, then NC State at home, then at Clemson, at BC. So, I mean, I can see them winning all four of those games. I can see them losing all four of those games. To be honest, I think losing all four is probably more likely than winning all four. Uh, 
their defense is not good. It's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, but they keep finding ways to win shootouts. Sam Hartman has been awesome at quarterback. Uh, 22 touchdowns, only three interceptions. North Carolina has struggled. They've lost to the teams. Uh, they lost to some bad teams, but then also lose basically to every team they're equal to or, or uh, teams that are better on paper. And Sam Howell actually hasn't been that bad. Uh, just everyone around him has struggled his line. His weapons are basically non-existent. Uh, he's still 16th nationally in passing yards, but has seven interceptions. That's been an issue. I do think North Carolina is going to win this one. I actually think these are pretty sim- pretty similar teams. I think this will be a shootout. Uh, but being in North Carolina, I just think one of these games is going to go their way. And Wake Forest eventually living on the edge. They're, they're going to fall. And I think Sam Howell will have a big game, and the Tar Heels are going to win. Uh, this is the most athletic team Wake's played. Uh, I Florida State probably too is on there, but UNC, a couple of good recruiting classes in a row for Mac Brown. These are probably a little more talented players who just haven't been able to put it together yet. I do like North Carolina here. There's a reason Vegas has them as the favorite. Uh, I think North Carolina wins in a close one. All right, moving to the Big Twelve. Really good matchup here. Uh, Texas traveling to Ames. Currently, Texas is six and a half point dogs. Yeah. Uh, this is going to, we're going to find out a lot about Texas if they've kind of, if they, if, if Sark's teams are different than Herman's teams, and they'll come out in this one ready to roll, and this will be a really good game because they've got the ability to win this game and to beat Iowa State. They've got the better athletes. Um, they've shown signs of ha- being a team that could be really good, but they just – I don't know what it is. They find ways to lose games. Um, and until they prove otherwise, I think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to – I until Texas shows that this isn't the case, I think they're going to be over this season. I think they're going to go into the aims. I think, I think Iowa State is a much more physical football team. I think they'll punch Texas in the mouth. I think Brees Hall could have an enormous game here. And, uh, yeah, I think Iowa State wins this one and maybe wins by uh, double digits. I'm going to go the opposite. I like UT. I think they're – it's like I said earlier, it's just the most Texas thing ever to win this game, that they have no business winning. Iowa State's the better team. Texas has had this skid per usual – and I think the real difference maker is them rallying around pole assassin and that monkey. <laughs> I like UT to win the game. All right. Moving to the big 10 possible trap game for the Buckeyes currently favored by, I just checked it's 15 now at Nebraska. Yeah. I uh, say big, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think they spank them pretty good. Like I think Nebraska spread. Nebraska's defense is good. I mean, yeah, I truly believe Nebraska is a good quarterback away from being an eight and four football team. I, That's right. Their their defense is good. Adrian Martinez just is so so all over the place. Four interceptions last week. They lose every. I mean, they they're in. You look at their schedule. Last week was. Uh, I mean, every game they're in is basically a one possession loss. They hung close with Michigan. They hung close to Michigan State. They probably should have won arguably should have won both those games. They hung close with OU. Uh, I think 
Ohio State's going to win, but I don't – I mean, I think Nebraska's defense is possibly better than Penn State's. And so I think that Nebraska could could slow them down for a while, but Ohio State's going to pull away in this one. Uh, and I think that's a good – I mean, I, I think that's a good number. I think I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Nebraska – I wouldn't be shocked if Nebraska covered that 15 and a half. Yeah, I – it's a tough. Lincoln's a tough place to play too. I I think you're right. This could be one of those games where Ohio State's just barely ahead and Nebraska's one or two big plays away, and then you just see it flip. And if Ohio State's going to cover, it'll be like a backdoor, really late, late cover situation. But I like Ohio State. All right, moving. To I'm the- not I, really really quick. Just staying on Ohio State. I think there's a lot of people out there in the media that have been very quick to throw in them one of the the elites this season but i don't think there's been enough to really show to show that i mean they look good against bad teams but every time they play the opponent with a pulse they lost to oregon penn state who i don't think is that good hung around with them I mean, and earlier in the year i mean they struggled with some some bad teams like tulsa that's so yeah, i don't know no that's fair yeah we'll find I out think... a lot about them in the next few weeks agreed all right moving to the big 12 Ruley, your Cowboys traveling to Morgantown, currently three-point favorites. Spencer Sanders is like, like, I know it was Kansas. I get that. That was just watching him, and it's not even like throws he's making. It's it's him knowing when to just take a sack or when to throw it out of bounds. He's He shows – he takes two steps forward and then one step back normally. So hopefully that's not Saturday because he's had two games in a row where he's looked really sharp. Uh, I think I think OSU gets it done though. I don't see throwing for that many yards on Oklahoma State's defense. I know Iowa State's also got a very respectable defense. But, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, what I'm saying, like Iowa State's defense, is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you let let them up. I just yeah. don't. I I don't think West Virginia is all that good to be honest with you. But they do have some weapons. Uh, Isaiah Wheaton Ford is that his name or is it Isaac Wheaton Ford? That guy's a big receiver, he, he, and those cause problems for any team. But I like Oklahoma State here. I agree with you. I think I think Pokes Pokes pull this one out as as tempting as it is to to pick uh, up upsets in Morgantown. I think I think OSU will will survive and will avoid take me home country roads. Yeah, they got they got their upset. They got to sing that song last week. So yeah, yeah. I don't think they I don't think they're good enough to beat beat to win back-to-back against Iowa State and Oklahoma State. They, Deggie had his his moment last week, and I don't think they're doing that two weeks in a row. But I would like to thank West Virginia for uh, just putting the nail in the coffin on my Iowa State season win total under nine and a half. Uh, I do appreciate that. There you go. All right, moving to the SEC, Mississippi State plus five and a half at Arkansas. Arkansas need this one. Big time. They haven't won a they haven't won an SEC game since since September. So uh, they got an opportunity to get back in the win column uh, in the last one against Arkansas Pine Bluff. But yeah, haven't won and uh, they've lost three straight since that that big win over A and M. So uh, Mississippi State got off a big win. They've been very inconsistent the whole almost one year and a half under under Leach. Uh, I think Arkansas is a better football team. I think they're more disciplined football team. They, you know, they'll be ready to go. Pittman will have them ready to go in this one uh, in Fayetteville. Should be a good atmosphere. I think. Uh, I think the Hogs 
we'll pull this one off to get back in the win column. Yeah, I, I like Arkansas too. The key for them is going to be getting off the field on third down. Uh, just watching Mississippi State and the numbers kind of back that up. Uh, Will Rogers is really solid on third down. And Arkansas's D has struggled in that regard. Excuse me. No, they're, they're very solid in that regard. Will Rogers is going to be a challenge for them because he's very good at it. And Mississippi State's really good at it. But it's, it's going to come down to Arkansas's defense. But I like the Hogs. All right. Michigan State traveling to Purdue. Three-point favorites, which a little bit of a rat line there. Yeah, I don't think it, it seems like a potential trap, trap game, but I, I don't think Purdue is very good at all. They beat uh, uh, – they almost lost to Nebraska and won the turnover battle 4-0, so I think that says a lot. Um, they basically were handed that one against Nebraska. So I think uh, I think Michigan State. I mean, they know. I don't think they'll. I mean, they're in a position they have. Well, they were in a position they haven't been in, in about six years since 2015, right in the playoff hunt. So I think they'll be ready to go, and I think they're gonna gonna roll Purdue. I like Michigan State too. Purdue's best win was over a pretty not abysmal Iowa team, but we we know what Iowa is, and that's the best Purdue's looked all year. But. I, I like Michigan State, too. Definitely a potential letdown spot, but I think they rise to the occasion. All right. Good SEC matchup. Mentioned it early in the earlier in the episode. Tennessee plus one and a half traveling to Kentucky. This is a game I will would go with whoever the home team is. I think they're pretty, pretty even football teams, uh, and I'll go with, with Kentucky, a game they really need to win after that, that loss to uh, – to Mississippi State last week. I want to pick with Zach Ruley, Sooner Hall of Fame legend, Josh Heupel, but Kentucky's really good at home. I think they're 5-0 and this year, and Tennessee is 2-3 and on the road maybe, um, but I like the Wildcats. Hey, Kentucky, hey those, those Kentucky fans, they're, they're figuring football out. It's been a yeah, tough no, place they, to play. I think they're liking it too, oddly enough. Yeah, I mean, they're so new to it, and they, I mean – I think that says a lot in their fan base. I mean, they, they've just been waiting for decent teams. They they clearly are great fans in basketball and uh, showing it, football, too. It, it, can't Oklahoma hurt can few. it can't hurt that basketball's been a little down. I'm sure they still pack Rupp Arena every night, and they probably have a scrimmage basically against some directional school this week that it'll be sold out for. But, yeah, the, the fan base shows up for those games. Tough place to play. Yeah, Oklahoma right. can learn a, a thing or two about that, like, you know, being able to – support multiple sports yeah like mm-hmm. and i i'm taking a, a, a jab at my own people so that was i meant more basketball that's what i was i don't yeah. mean sports in general i just mean like basketball deserves some more support so yeah they do all right rapid fire here i don't know if we want to go through all these parker you're the yeah let's just, here, do rep, so. re, just let's just make our picks on these ones really okay. uh army air force uh i'll go with Air Force at home, both going to be a lot of a lot of yards on the ground there. But Air Force is a good football team. I'll take the Falcons as well. All right, uh, sneaky good matchup: Malik Willis, Hugh Freeze, and Liberty are heading to Hugh's old home in Oxford to play Ole Miss. I think Louisville could, or not Louisville, sorry, Liberty could hang around in this one for a while. They've got the offense to be able to do that. Uh, a lot of points in this one. Uh, I'll go with. With Ole Miss, though. 
I'll go Liberty outright just because it, it feels like the fun pick, a little revenge spot for Hugh Freeze. He's not going to uh, hold anything back, and Malik Willis is a very talented quarterback. This next one, Missouri, Georgia. One word, Georgia. <laughs> UGA. Yeah. Uh, SMU looking to bounce back, going on the road to Memphis. Uh, I'm going to go with SMU. Does seem like a trap game, though. I think it's going to be – SMU on a uh, on a game winning field goal. All right, so you like the Memphis cover? I like SMU to win and uh, probably wouldn't touch the line because that is a that is a trap game. Yeah, yeah, not touching that. Uh, Georgia Tech uh, going to Miami. Uh, Miami seems to have found something with Tyler Van Dyke. So until uh, he proves otherwise, I'm going to go with uh, the Hurricanes to win. I think what would be your third straight win. I will go with Miami as well. I don't think uh, Georgia Tech is that good. So No. Uh, Penn State going on the road at Maryland. I think Maryland hangs around, keeps this close, and they cover. Uh, but Penn State eventually uh, squeaks this one out. I agree as well. Uh, Penn State, uh, Tagovailoa, he's not, he's not terrible. But, yeah, I, I like Maryland to cover but not win the game. All right. Uh, college game day in Cincinnati for uh, Tulsa. Uh, what two wins also? Are they two? It's a big, it's a two big wins? one. I think they have three now. You know, it's a horrible week of uh, of of game or not never no week of college football is horrible, but a down week of games when they just say screw it, let's just go to Cincinnati, give them their game day, <laughs> even though they're playing a bottom feeder in the conference. But uh, Cincinnati big. <laughs> TU has three wins. Uh, they're not going to make it four. Cincinnati will. I will say, though, TU, although they don't have Zayvon Collins clearly this year, new quarterback, too. It's a lot of the same cast. Good. It's a lot of the same cast. They got they got screwed last year by Cincinnati. Cincinnati had the uh, – if you could see me, I'm doing air quotes, the COVID outbreak. Uh, the week they were supposed to travel to Tulsa and play Zayvon Collins, they didn't have to play the game. They The and next then, time they then, met, ended up beating the conference yeah. title game at Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, yeah. TU was an offsides away from winning that football game. Yeah, they don't jump Cincinnati the field goal. Yeah, yeah, and, and that TU defense is still good. Their offense is just yes, the TU defense is still very good. A couple transfers on Gillespie is a secondary, but Cincinnati is a great defense coordinator. Yes. Mm. All right, uh, Wisconsin traveling to Rutgers, twelve and a half point favorite. Uh, Wisconsin's a 12 and a half point favorite. I think uh, Rutgers are going to keep it close. I'm tempted to take Rutgers to win here. Very tempted to because I think they're going to win one of these games. Shiano has them going in the right direction. You know what? I'll pull, I'll pull the trigger. Let's go. Rutgers outright over, over Wisconsin. I'll ride with you on that one. It's been too many good games in a row for uh, Graham Mertz and Wisconsin. I think the buck stops here. I like Rutgers. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh, NC State, uh, three-point favorite, traveling to Florida State. Florida State hung around with Clemson. Uh, Jordan Travis has been playing better football. Uh, Florida State, uh, every ACC game seems to be competitive. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, I just think NC State is a better football team and has shown the ability to close games much, much more so than the Seminoles. So go with the Wolf back here. 
I'm going NC State as well. I don't know if you guys saw it Saturday. Probably one of the – it's the worst beat I've ever had experienced uh, to a bet that I have. Florida State plus nine. Uh, they tried the lateral game late. <laughs> I'm sure you can find the video. It was disgusting. Anyways, they throw one too many laterals. It winds up in the – I think uh, Venable's son actually made a hit on the guy that was trying to get the ball. It, it basically – was on the inch yard line. Clemson guy picks it up, falls in, touchdown. They lose by 10. Uh, so for that, I will never bet or cheer for Florida State again. I like NC State. Yeah, that's one of the grosser – that's probably the – that's definitely the uh, the grossest uh, bad beat of the season so far. Yeah, it was – Yeah, I didn't see it till late either was the problem. Um, all right, where were we? Where were we? Okay, uh, Baylor traveling to TCU – First game uh, with an interim coach, Jerry Kill, will be the interim for TCU. Baylor is going to win this one unless they are looking too much ahead to OU next week in Waco. But I I just think the wheels are off for TCU. I don't know if Jerry Kill is going to be able to hold it together. So I think Baylor should should win uh, win this one. The DC do not like each other, though. So what is this, the, the BAPTO Bowl? What do they call this one? I don't know, but hey, talk about two very, very different student bodies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the polar opposites here. Who? What position did the interim coach for GCU? Was he a position coach? Uh, he might have just – he's probably assistant head coach, and he's the old – he was head coach at Minnesota for a little while. Okay, well, um, I'll go Baylor. He, yeah. The rivalry. Right, uh, that's it. That That's what it is? I knew that yep. they had some – the that is a dumb name. Okay. Uh, Boise State, uh, five and a half point dogs traveling to Fresno State. I mean, Boise is just not not the same this season. Their run defense is horrible. Uh, their defense in general is not that great. I think Fresno is going to have a chance for a field day. Uh, should be a good atmosphere there in Fresno. Their fans are fired up. They're in the, the top 25, cultural playoff, top 25. Uh, and I think uh, I think they'll hand, handle their business in a, a big one in the Northwest. Uh, give me Fresno State as well. All right, LSU at Bama, a game for most seasons everyone's fired up for. Not so much this season. LSU nearly a thirty-point dog to the Crimson Tide. I do think they could. They've got a good chance of covering this one. I, I like LSU to cover, but never really compete. Uh, I like. The tide by uh, twenty. I like I like that same analysis. I I think LSU is going to cover. They're going to play hard for Coach O in his last Alabama LSU game. But um, yeah, ultimately Alabama wins the football game. Clemson at Louisville. Uh, I think Clemson survives another close one. I don't think Louisville's that great of a football team. And uh, Clemson's finding some success. Uh, Will Shipley had a big game last week. Uh, so with him being back. I think Clemson's a better football team. That defense is going to keep them in basically every game they play. So uh, I'll go Clemson here. Uh, I'll take Louisville reluctantly. It depends on how good Malik Cunningham plays, but uh, they're they're explosive on offense when they get the chance. And uh, Clemson is putrid on offense, but I, I like Louisville. Good word there. Putrid. Yeah, great word. <laughs> it's a big one. All right, Indiana. Indiana traveling to Michigan. Uh, and yeah, 19 and a half point underdog. I think Penix is still out for them. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go Michigan. 
I think Indiana uh, could could definitely cover this one though, but uh, Michigan relatively easy. Uh, I agree. Michigan will more than likely run it all over from um, without uh, Penix. This is Indiana team is pretty pathetic, but I like Michigan. All right, Oregon traveling to Washington. Before I make the pick, did you guys see uh, Jimmy Lake's comment? Jimmy Lake, Washington head football coach, his comment on uh, on the recruiting rivalry with uh, with Oregon. I did not. Was it good? So, <laughs> yeah. So someone, a reporter, asked him in a press conference if he considered Washington or Oregon a, a recruiting rival to Washington. And this is not an exact quote, but he said, "No, we look at basically hot." schools that are better academically than Oregon is our recruiting rivals. You said like the, the Notre Dame, the Stanford's the world. That's good. So give a team that didn't need any more motivation. Um, slightly yeah. More motivation. Yeah. So, so all that being said, Oregon big and covering six and a half. I like both of those Oregon, uh, Oregon by a couple touchdowns, I think. All right. Uh, big one to come for USA. Game people might not be talking about, but undefeated UTSA at six and two UTEP down in the uh, Sun Bowl in El Paso. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this, but I I think UTSA is going to win. What Demel's done with UTEP, he's turning around after a couple rough couple uh, first years. Uh, they're playing solid solid football, but I don't think they've got the dogs to keep up with with UTSA. Hey, but I mean, this should be a fun atmosphere. But uh, I like UTSA here. Yeah, there's a rolling. Hopefully, uh, win here gets these guys into the playoff ranking next week. And then finishing off here, Pac-12 after dark with USC at Arizona State. Arizona State was a bad loss to Washington State last week. They're kind of all over the place. Kind of seems like wheels are falling off. I mean, USC, the wheels are already off. I just think at home, I think Jaden Daniels got a bounce back game and uh, I'll go with the Sun Devils in a close one. I'll take Arizona State as well, but the Pac-12, we all know how that can be. There is no telling who wins this football game. It, 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 it could be six to three the whole game, or it could be a shootout, but I like Arizona State. All right. That all right. is our Week 10 preview. Let's move on to trivia. You guys kind of embarrassed me last week two easy questions but uh four for five last week let's see how you do this week i'm just now realizing three of the five questions are big 12 questions so you might do well again this week let's start it off i've got a really interesting idea and i have no idea if it's if this is even possible what is it possible where you mute really and i like where you mute really and i from hearing each other we both answer that's a good idea i'll uh we might try that next week because I'm not even sure how that would work. Okay. Uh, we'll experiment with the technology. That's a good idea, though. That is a good what an idea. idea, Parker. Look at you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question one. In 2015, two teams tied for first place in the Big 12. Who were they? TCU and Baylor, right? Really? Yeah, 2015. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, and two teams. That yeah. had to have been that year, right? Yeah. That yeah, TCU and Baylor. All right. Correct. One for one. Question two, in 2017, two receivers tied for most receiving touchdowns that year. Anthony Miller was one, named the other Big 12 receiver. Anthony Miller? Where did he even play? Before? He went to Memphis. Memphis. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was a Big 12 guy? Yep. One was Big 12 receiver. 
Is that too early for Didi? Or too late? Oh, that would have been Didi. No, no, no. That was the year Didi was it went to New York, or right? 2017. I'm trying to think when Didi went to the Heisman set. So he went Baker's second season at OU 2015. I think it was 2016. So I don't think it's Didi. 13 seconds. 2017. Could that have been Hollywood? It could have been. I don't know if he loved the country and touched him. That's a lot. Yeah. Could have been James Washington. Time's I up. James David Washington. Sills. West David Sills. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Did, what, what did he catch, Clint? Like 20 something touchdowns? I think it was somewhere around there. Original. Yeah, he was a touchdown machine. <laughs> yeah. He's huge. I think he's still on. He bounces around practice squads in the NFL because he's like 6'4. Yeah, he's huge. That was a All good right. Play. One for two. Question three. Who is the most recent Big 12 Doak Walker Award winner? Mm-hmm. 30 seconds. I, I, I honestly, God, don't know if Chuba won the award. I don't know. He didn't. He did not win the award. Yeah, he kind of got robbed. So Adrian Peterson has won it. Uh, I'm trying to think since then. Yeah. Nobody from TCU. Nobody from Baylor. 15 seconds. No one from West Virginia. No one from Iowa State. Priest didn't win it, I don't think. Um, Justice Hill didn't win it. Who did OU? P. Ryan, maybe? Any other Texas? What, hey, what about, uh, what about uh, the guy that played for the, the Chiefs from Texas? I'll give you five. No, P. Ryan did not. P. P. Ryan didn't win it. Jamal Charles? Is Jamal Charles pre or post Adrian Peterson? It'd be post. Should we go with Jamal Charles? Yeah, I think we're out of time, too. So. Way more recent than you thought. Deontay Foreman, Texas. Oh, it was oh. a Texas guy, though. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. when you said Adrian Peterson, Parker, that's exactly what I was thinking. When I saw Deontay Foreman, I did not realize it was that recent. You know, they, they've had some sneaky good backs at Texas. Yeah. Guys, that, guys that are in the league a, a long time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they've had – I think they might have as many Dope Walker winners as anyone. Yeah. All right. One for three. Question four. What bowl game had these three previous winners? So most recent to least recent: Ole Miss, Minnesota, Iowa. Oof. This is a little tougher. Last one was a. Ole Miss played. Ole Miss beat Indiana in what I believe was the Gator Bowl last year. That sounds right to me. I yeah, because it'd be Big Ten, SEC. I know they beat Indiana in those all those bowls. You got Gator, you got Citrus, but I think it was the Gator Bowl. I think it's the Gator Bowl too. Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl, but, that, but it was Ole Miss, Indiana. You know yeah, that makes that's right. that makes sense because uh, it was Michigan, South Carolina when Clowney made that hit. That was in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, should have remembered that. All right, one for four. I'm stumping you guys this week. Question five. This one, I think you'll get it. Who was on the cover of NCAA Football 06? I mean, we it is legit. No, Jeremy and Brasky would have been or whatever. I think, it's, would have been I think it's seven. I think it's Vince. Yeah, Vince Young. Desmond Dude. Howard. Desmond, Desmond Howard. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it was like little... Heisman edition one. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. All right. One for five. Better yeah. this week for me. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see if we can do that next week because that's a good idea. See how you guys do together or separately. All right, Parker, Ruley, whichever you one of you wants to do the honors and close us out. Let's have a great weekend of college football. Yeah, 
as always, appreciate everyone giving it a listen. Like Clint said earlier, if you would, you know, give us a little rate uh, and subscribe on the uh, Apple Podcast, that would be very, very appreciate appreciated. Um, yeah, good week of uh, culture ahead of us. Follow us on Twitter at Fifth Year Podcast and at on Instagram at the Fifth Year Podcast. And yeah, it's a fun weekend.